Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance, for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders and managers make their move to product masters, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products customers love. Our discussions here are all about helping product managers become what I've been calling product masters. And being a product master means we also need mastery over our minds, what many people call our mindset. And that's why I asked a mindset master and my personal mindset coach for the last year to be our guest today. His name is Dr. Nima. When I started mindset work, I got to tell you, I thought it was a complete waste of time. I really did. It didn't resonate with my mental wiring as an engineer, but after a little bit, I started seeing some value and then a lot of value, which is what we'll talk about. Dr. Neem has been on a really busy schedule and he stopped into a coffee shop for us to talk. Not the best location. Consequently, there is some background noise, but for what we talk about, I hope you put up with it. And remember, we take notes for you, so you'll find the best insights from the discussion in the show notes at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 242. This is going to be a little different. I hope you lean in. Dr. Nima, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators. I am so glad to be here. I've never done a podcast like this before. This will be fun then. Yeah, it's always been, every time I get requested to speak, it's usually to do with health, Hmm. usually to do with wellness. Um, There's a mindset, uh, you know, conversation of conscious awareness, relationships, uh, health. Uh, I speak to a lot of chiropractors. Uh So you know, innovators, like people who are tech people and the, the, you know, technical creatives. I've never, never had a chance to speak to directly. So this is going to be very interesting for me as well. Excellent. I thought it'd be a really good fit because as product managers, innovators, we are about creating value for our customers and we have to work within the complexities of the organization and manage resources and use our influence to persuade others. And we're not always showing up as our best self in that. And I've known you for about a year. We spend an hour every Wednesday together in what effectively for me is group coaching, uh, group counseling, basically, Um, (laughs) helping me, I call it my mindset reset each week. And it's my time to help me remember, how do I show up best so I can serve those around me and really make a difference, make a change? And so it's really good. And I'm sure we might get into some examples of that. It's No, for me, just, you know, as the coach who kind of, I don't refer myself as a counselor. I, by tra- I'm a chiropractor by trade. And how I got here was uh, just knowing that everybody coming in to see me for their health issues, their aches and pains, mm-hmm. uh, was actually dealing with an emotional unresolved injury. So I just kept going upstream and just from my own wounding. And as I healed myself, I could see myself more effective for others, more upstream. Mm-hmm. And so now the mindset uh mind alignment, uh, soul, whatever you want to call it, um, is probably one of the most important part pieces of, of, of your health. And then now your business and your relationships, all of that. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to say was, I just love seeing your, uh, development over just who you've become just by applying these tools each and every week, uh, Chad, just from my perspective, watching you, it's been an absolute privilege to see the transformation. I appreciate that. I know you're doing great things. I know I show up differently than I used to. And it's only been, like I said, a little bit less than a year now. And that just brings me joy because I know I'm being more effective with the people I do serve. 
That's huge. Totally. That's really huge. So I thought really yeah. important to bring the audience too. Uh, we need to be performing really on all cylinders in the work that we do. And with there's probably some stuff going on inside our heads that are limiting our performance, or maybe we're not showing up as we want to be showing up as our best selves with others. And it has been a good journey for me. So we might dig into some things that I've learned along the way with you about that. But let's talk about some tools, make this practical. Yeah. How do we get about showing up the way that we want to? And I want to frame this, the, the way I kind of describe the work that you do with others. It's really about helping professionals kind of combat their overwhelm, right? Getting out of their own way and equipping them to be their best in the, any situation. Right. Does that sound fair? Totally. I mean, yeah, we all want to, everybody wants to show up as their best self. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to show up with a client or um, even if somebody, if, if a client's not happy with you or even with your children, your spouse, uh, regardless, regardless of what's going on in the external world, everybody wishes to have uh, this ability to show up unperturbed by externals. This is the word that I came up with when I was watching Jordan Peterson one of my heroes, uh -huh. just observing him over the past few years and just seeing how he handles stress and challenge and criticism. He's very public and, you know, he, people, people interview him and they put cameras in his face and, and, um, what do they call it? They, they crash his, his public talks and they just try to expose and humiliate him and to put him down. And I just would observe him and I'd be like, wow, this man is unperturbed by externals. Huh. So this is my, this is my whole thing. And, and the word I, the word that comes to me, that's like a very fancy way of saying I'm trigger proof. Huh. And so everybody from what I've observed in, in a, from a clinical health setting, going upstream for the, the end stage of the problems they're coming to see me with, with health issues, going upstream is all about having equanimity of the mind, being able to, whatever storm is going on outside of me, for me to be able to have a, a sense of regulation for myself. This mm -hmm. is what we all want. And then that's how I show up as my best self, because it's not dependent on you being nice to me, giving me praise. Uh, it, it, that it, if, if I base my, uh, level of internal compass on your approval of me, I've given away my power. And I spent most of my life doing that, seeking admiration and praise and trying to avoid criticism. I uh, hated it. Like it, it, it would irk me. It would just trigger very deep core rejection wounds. So I just couldn't handle it. And so I became very trigger happy. And it wasn't until I would see one failure after failure in my own life, in my personal life, in my professional life, I realized that I wasn't the one at cause of my own mindset. Uh -huh. In other words, um, Viktor Frankl, the, the author of the book, he's a psychiatrist, author of the book, Man's Search for Meaning, says between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our um, freedom to choose. And in that choice is where our power is. Yep. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but what I, what I had to realize was that I wasn't the one at cause of my, uh, reactivity and volatility and my impulses and my, um, compulsions that something outside of me externals, in other words, as, uh, the Stoics call it, as Epictetus calls it, externals were in charge of me my internals. Uh. So 
what we all want as innovators, product managers, uh, parents, as uh, husbands and wives, you name it, we all want to be at cause of our own internal state. And if we don't get that part right, our relationships don't work, uh, our health turns to crap, Mm -hmm. and our businesses start to fall apart because we're not internally resourced we're yeah. basing it on outside and so i'm i'm i had my mess is my message i had to find a solution for that myself um but you you first uh have to uh, i had to find it for myself now i love teaching it for others and to answer your question how do we is how do we um kind of become at cause is you first must desire you first must make a commitment so it begins with a commitment of showing up at your best self. And number one, a commitment. And number two, an outline of what that actually looks like. Yeah. What does that look like? What does your what does your best self look like, Chad? What does it look like? How do you show up at work? How do, who do here's a question you want to ask is who do people get to be around you? Right. Right? For me, so much of that is how am I going to serve in the moment? Because I know right. if, if I'm walking into a meeting, if I'm there to train people, if I'm there to coach, if I'm facilitating. If a product manager is walking into a product team meeting, they're bringing some baggage with them, right? What just happened in the hallway? What happened five minutes ago? What's going on with their boss and them that day? And that's all comes along with them. And instead, if I can think about what did the people need from me that I'm about to go serve? How can we get the most out of this encounter? That starts changing my thinking already. I'm, I'm See, starting to think differently. You, you just literally, I'm just sorry to interrupt you. I got mm-hmm. really excited there. What you just described there, Chad, was the mind shift necessary to show up as your best self? Because what you just did by just by asking the question, and I want you to really get this, the quality of your life, the quality of the interaction is based on the quality of the questions that you ask. So if I start this interview with you and I ask myself the question, how do I, what do I want everyone to get out of this? What, what, how do I want them to be left? What do I want them to be left with? What, what, how do I want Chad's audience, uh, how, how, how do I want them to feel about themselves? And if I ask these questions, what am I doing? I'm bringing my thought and attention. The most, the most important things that, that govern your level of power in your life is your ability to control where you're putting your thoughts and attention. Most of us don't take the time to even uh, dis- decide or choose that because 95% of our existence is unconscious. Mm-hmm. So you're, what you're doing is you're bringing into conscious awareness and saying, in the next hour, am I connected to meaning? Yes. Um, who am I serving? Okay, yes. What are their values? What is, what is it that they need? How can, I, uh, how can I present it in a succinct and organized manner that they can get? And what do I want them to be left with? See, these questions are getting me in my mind out of my past, which is 95%, uh, according to Dr. Joe Dispenza, neuroscientist, 95% of your day is spent unconsciously in your past. But when you stop and awaken into a conscious level with the question and say, what do I want, Chad? What do I want these people in the meeting to get? What do I want Chad's audience to receive from me? How do I want them to leave? Then I can. Well, I answer that by saying, I want them to be present. I want them to become aware of themselves. I want them to awaken to the truth of their lives and alter alter the trajectory and be at cause with the complete transformation of their workspace and family life and their health. Uh 
So in order for me to do that, who do I have to be? Well, I have to be real. I have to be authentic. I have to be engaging and entertaining. <laughs> I have to be uh, heart, heart-centered. I have to not just be self-indulgent. It must be for the sake of how can I, how can I help them win? How can I help uh-huh. them win? How can I help them win? How can I help them win? How do I, how do I present it in a way that they can apply it right away and go, wow, that made a difference for me. So yeah. I'm now intentionally creating a future. Because if I don't take a moment to do that, I lose access to intentionality, which is one of the, my, the forces of in, in my, one of my uh, abilities with a brain and a neocortex. My creativity is all about, you know, projecting a creative future, creating my future. Uh-huh. Most of the time, people are in the dark. They're asleep at that, at, at the fact that they don't have that ability. And an innovation in itself, innovation must come from a present place of forward future creation. Absolutely. The question is, can you innovate your day the way I'm choosing to innovate this conversation? You know, what's my intention? What do I want Chad to get? What, how, do, how can I help Chad win here? Well, I can help Chad win by delivering so much amazing content and value to people that they're his audience messages him and says, holy crap, you really, thank you, Chad. Thank you for your service, you know, and boom, getting loyal followers. And then I can help Chad win. You know, my, my thoughts, as I continue to just keep putting them on, asking myself the question, how do I help the people right in front of me? And by not negating myself, by honoring myself simultaneously, Uh not becoming a martyr. Now I get to show up as my best version just by those questions. Just by answering and living through those questions, I automatically, by virtue of, of moving towards it, I turn into the greater version of myself. Hey, Dad, I think you should interrupt this interview to tell your listeners something important. Oh, what's that? You should tell them about your new mini course. Oh, okay. What do you suggest? You could interview yourself. <laughs> okay. How would that work? It would go like this. Hi, Chad. Tell me about your new mini course. Thanks for asking, Chad. I just published the second edition of my book, Turning Ideas into Market-Winning Products. The mini-course covers some of the key ideas from the book. Brilliant! What sort of ideas? You'll discover what to do as a product developer, manager, and innovator, methods for finding and testing ideas that lead to valuable products customers love, how to really use the minimal viable product approach, and much more. Splendid! Is it free? Yes, it is. And you don't need the book to get value from the mini course. Capital! How much time do I need to complete the course? I made it short. Each lesson is only five minutes, and you'll receive a new lesson every two days in your email box. Wow! Where can I get it? Just head over to www.theeverydayinnovator.com slash book. Huzzah! What was that again? www.theeverydayinnovator.com slash book. Um, there's just one problem. I can't speak with an English accent. Oh, no problem. I'll do it for you. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of this is kind of about re, in a sense, remaking ourselves. 
you know, as I've gotten to know you better as we've worked together, I am a electrical engineer by education and by DNA wiring. The way God made me is to think through problems in a very analytical way and solve them. Yeah, it's all head first, right? It's all in the head. And when we first met and you were doing some exercises talking about things, I was very resistant to that. And my, my yes. engineering wire was like, this is way too woo for me, right? This is too far yeah. out. Now, you did a nice job of bringing in some science, you know, some studies to that that kind of, you know, gave me some comfort. Like, okay, there's some neuroscience here. I, I at least can grab a hold of that. That was good. That was helpful. Yeah. But more than anything, it was, I said, okay, I'll give in. I'll see if this makes any difference or not. And it really has. And so that's why we're talking, because I want the people listening, everyday innovators, to think about how can you show up better? Because it's going to help you and you know, the projects you work on and everything you totally. do. Totally. And it's all mindset. And one of my, my favorite moments was, um, you know, just watching your transition. Because, yeah, you're an engineer. My father's an engineer. So I'm used to the skeptical brain. I'm the different type, right? So mm -hmm. I've had to, quote, unquote, prove myself to him uh, all my life because uh -huh. he's resisted. He's like, what are you doing? Like, what do you, you know, he's, he's thought exactly the same way as you. And he just came to a talk of mine earlier this week and with my mother and they registered into my workshop. They were so blown away because I kept going with what I believe to be true. And my life has become a, an example of the truth of the, of, of, of the work yep. and they couldn't deny it. And so what uh, my favorite part of your transformation was, we talk a lot about confidence. This work is really about filling the cracks in the floorboard where you had, you know, unconsciously saw yourself as unworthy. Who am I to be making such a difference? And we get into these non-scientific things and we get into really soul questions. Uh -huh. We get into questions of the soul, which is maybe challenging for an engineer to talk about. But it's it's but but the human side of us all, always knows that, you know, my 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 level of self-confidence and, and belief in myself based on stories of my past, based on maybe, you know, there was cultural stuff, maybe there was stuff with parents, maybe I was bullied in school. I carry all of that with me, right? And so when we did one of our group calls and I had you write a list, yep, you know, to, to help destroy um, imposter syndrome. Uh -huh. And we did a list and I had you write down, and this is maybe something that um, if you're listening, you're going to want to sit down and do. I, I was impressed. I give this, I give this, prescribe this little exercise to almost everyone who comes to see me, but not everybody does it. All of my clients, you know, my good, you know, well-paying clients, they do because they, they have skin in the game. But I was surprised that you actually did this exercise. You did it. And it was, what are 100 benefits? This is going to build your confidence. 100 benefits of the work that you do and the, and, and the problems that you solve and the care that you take, what are a hundred benefits of your clients paying you good money to hire you? Uh -huh. How does it serve them? Yeah. And that was huge, right? Because the, as we've talked, my problem is not so much that I don't, and listeners being really transparent here, my problem is not so much that I'm not capable, right? I did the PhD work. I've helped companies. There, there's some accomplishments back here that have gotten recognized. And yet in all that, I often would look at others and say, yeah, but this other person over here, man, they're really doing great things. They should be the one to help you. Yeah. And so that was kind of my form of the imposter syndrome that came up in my head at times. Why would they hire me when there's somebody else? Yeah, why, yeah pick the other person. Yeah. And so, yeah, I thought, okay, write 100 reasons why people should work with me, 100 reasons benefits. Another way to phrase that, 100 reasons how I serve others, 
right? And I think we can all do that regardless of the work that we're doing. And feel free to get granular on it and get, yeah. and don't, don't be humble. Do not be humble on this exercise. Yeah, this is a time to actually recognize the value that you bring helping others in all aspects, right? Your humor, what you know, what you do, everything. And yeah, so I thought, okay, this is going to be hard. But I sat down and the first 20 minutes were hard. And then it starts flowing a little bit, right? And that was good. And that did. It, it, it was a useful exercise. I organized my top 20 as something I could easily reflect back on and say, oh, yeah, this is why people should be working with me. Um, really, really useful. So, and highly recommend people take time to do that and think about how you're bringing value to others. Yeah. Because you totally are. Yeah. And a hundred reasons sounds like a lot. And it actually is easy to get to once you get in the flow. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not a, um, it's not based on ego either. Right. It's not based on ego because it's kind of like, it's from a place of, no, no, no it, they win by hiring me. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's like, it's not that I'm the best. It's just that I know that they're going to do so well. And so I've done this to the point where, uh, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, Dean Graziosi, who's one of the um, you know top uh, real estate and personal development kind of guys, and he's done very well for himself. He's kind of like a, a mentor to me, sort of. I've been listening and following some of his stuff. What he says is that you got to get to the point where you actually feel sorry for people right. if they don't hire you. And right. I've gotten there. Like I get somebody on a call and they're stuck in a relationship limbo. And I'm like, how much is a divorce going to cost you? And then they tell me, oh, I just feel so sorry for them if they don't hire me or, or if they're disconnected from their purpose and they just feel ho-hum, do-drum about their work and they want to feel engaged and alive yep. with what they're doing. And, and they're telling me their story. In the back of my mind, I'm like, if this poor soul doesn't hire me, I feel for him. Yep. You know? Yep. <laughs> and so I've gotten there. It's a really, really great place to be. And as product managers, most of us are wired, at least the people that listen to this, the people I tend to attract, we're wired because we want to serve customers. We want to create a product that customers actually love, one that they tell their friends about, they buy, they use. And in doing yeah. that, you know, I kind of feel bad. If I create a product I'm actually proud of, I kind of feel bad if people aren't using it because I know what they're missing out on. And the same applies to us as people. If we know what we're good at and we know how we serve others then you kind of feel bad if people aren't taking advantage of that. And, you know, you're not showing up serving others that way. 100%. Exactly. Yeah, it, it does come down to that. That's kind of the hallmark of the human experience. Um, accumulation of stuff is great and all that. But then you're just like, okay, so why don't I feel fulfilled? But when you're using your, your gifts to then all of a sudden help others transform, that's mm -hmm. the hallmark of the human experience. So this is my form of doing it and it's up to us to all find our form. So good yep. on you, my man. There was another exercise you encouraged me to do. And I also thought this was silly and I dove in and did it and found huge value in it. <laughs> the, uh, the 50 limiting beliefs. <laughs> I thought maybe you could take us through that because I think this would help anyone listening too. how this can help rewire your thinking a little bit about things that might be getting in your way and helping you even recognize yeah. that things are getting in your way that you need to change. Yeah. Are you referring to the FU strategy? Yes. And because this okay, is a okay. family-friendly podcast, we, we won't say what FU, <laughs> but everyone knows. I'm sure, I'm sure people can Google that. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, we, I call it the FU strategy. Uh, and what, it, what happens is when, whenever I feel stuck, whenever I'm feeling stuck, 
I, I wake, I awaken to that feeling inside. And I'm like, Ugh, what is it? And then I start to examine and I look at what I'm stuck about and I look, okay, it's my business. All right. So right now, if I look at my business, what are the, what are the stories that I'm running around in my mind about my business right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I look right now and we're, we're all, we, we will never run out of um, limiting beliefs to uncover. Like it's always there. They're floating around in the background. It's just sometimes they're driving the, they're in the driver's seat. And when they do, you want to uncover them. You want to bring them from the unconscious to the conscious because they're all, they're, 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 it's a program. It's like a virus in your mind right now. It's a virus in your system and you don't have any, um, you don't have any awareness of it. It's running in the background. So the first step is to bring it to the conscious awareness. So I'll sit down and I'll ask myself, okay, so what stories am I running around about in my business right now? Well, okay. Number one, my clients, they're all struggling. You know, they're not doing the work and they're, they're completely, um, they're lazy. So my clients are lazy. So I'll write that down. My clients are lazy and they're not doing the work. Um, I'm not effective as a coach. Uh, my marketing funnel and and Facebook ads are a complete waste of time. Okay. So I'm literally writing all of these. I'm bringing these unconscious thoughts that are in my brain. And I'm actually first resourcing myself and getting myself into my body out of my brain, uh-huh. getting into breath and then going, okay, so what stories am I making up? So I'll write them all down and then I'll have maybe 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever, you found 50 limiting beliefs. And you want to go and talk about money. Well, I don't deserve money. You know, I'm a bad person. So I'll write that down. And um, people won't hire me because of, you know, the color of my skin. So I'll write that down. Like, I'm just throwing them all out there. These are the unconscious crap that are going on in my mind. So I've written them down. And then in each of them, what you do is you take a look and say, um, so my Facebook ad funnel isn't working and it's a waste of money. What I'll do is then I'll cross it out and I'll put F you. <laughs> so you're correcting it. And then you're going to replace it with the new, more empowering outcome belief, which is I'm dialing in my funnel and tweaking it every week and improving um, and making incremental progress. Uh-huh. So I'll change the one and my funnel's not working and I'll do one that it, towards the direction of the outcome, a, a better thought there. So then I'll do that for each of those. Okay. Yep. Then what I'm going to do is as I write that out, I'm going to now look, this is the most important part. I'm going to look for evidence of the new belief to be true. There's a part in my brain called the reticular activating system that filters everything so that what I observe supports my beliefs. Uh-huh. So changing the programming and then getting started with the reticular activating system and starting to notice where this new part is true, all of a sudden completely changes the game. You now start to look and notice, and then you go, holy crap, that old belief, not only is it not true, but I have direct evidence and I'm going to work over the next week because I've been in the crap for such a long time. I'm over the next week going to pull my mindset out by deliberately finding evidence to support incremental progress. Right. Yep. It's amazing that evidence piece, I think, is easily overlooked and so very important. Right? It's like, you know, I bought a white truck one time. Never saw white trucks on the highway before. Now I have one. Wow, they're everywhere. I had no idea. Everyone else has them too. Um, When you had kids, when your wife got pregnant. Yeah. Or when you got a dog, 
Yeah. The things you focus yeah. on get your attention more. I just did some training, was this two days ago for a group of product managers? And one person in the group said, you know, I'm really shy. It's just hard for me to interact with people. And everyone else started saying, are you kidding? You know, you are so sincere. You show up, you connect with people. And, and her response was, yeah, but that's because I know you guys, right? And a lot of us do that. We put up that instead of taking the evidence, like, oh, we are moving towards the thing we want to be. We want to be more engaging. And you just heard evidence that you actually are more engaging. But instead, we, we go back to what we believe and we tell ourselves. And, and it, it will surprise you. And I do this. I, I created a methodology of clearing emotional trauma called the overview method. And it'll, be, it'll shock you how exact polar opposite your beliefs are available to, to, to see. Like you're literally, you have one belief that you believe to be absolutely true about your life. Like um, my mom, for example, my mom is so mean and she never listens. And you, if you just flip the belief on the other side is my mom's a great listener. And then I start looking for evidence of that being true. I can actually see that every story I tell has an equal and opposite story that's equally true. Mm -hmm. The question is, which one am I going to put my focus and attention on? Which one am I going to look out for and gain and gather and collect evidence for? And the difference yeah. between those two will completely transform the outcome of my life. Yeah. And it's just where we put the energy. I, I know when I went through this exercise, I was sharing part of it with my kids and I'm still a man who needs to lose about 25 pounds or so and work on health some. And when I, I made one of my uh, empowering beliefs is I'm a fit person who chooses to eat right, sleep well to get energy, you know, and use the resources I have to, the best as I can. And my kids, you know, you can look at me and go, but daddy, you're not, right? <laughs> like, but that's what I'm working towards, right? I want to start finding evidence for that thing. Right. I want to recognize that I said, I said no to the ice cream sundae today because I'm working towards that thing. And, and, the, and, and logging, here's the next part, the most important part, logging and finding evidence of incremental progress each and every day towards that. Mm -hmm. Because what that does, we're talking mindset, we're playing, what we're doing is we're playing with the neuroscience of your brain consciously. We're basically giving you a hit of dopamine and serotonin and you feel proud whenever you see, oh my gosh, I'm making simultaneous, I'm making, oh, you check the scale, you're two pounds lighter, oh, incremental progress, confidence starts to go up. Mm -hmm. You start to believe in yourself more. Now it forms this loop. Now you're looking for more evidence of your awesomeness. Yep. Because if I choose to, I can look at my life and find evidence that it's, you know, not things are not working. Um, still got some stuff to do on my taxes. My car definitely needs a wash and a vacuum. Like I can look at these things and I have a virus on my Mac for some reason. I don't know why it's got some, some, it's got some sort of uh, thing going on. And I'm just like, I can focus on those things and it, and it would, it will, the focus on those things tends to bring your attention to more of them. Uh -huh. And this is a conscious effort and it's a, it, there's resistance that you must kind of plow through initially, but it's well worth it to keep going. Yep. It's really good. So many good other tools too that we are going to have to leave for another time. But just this general thought, even if you just change your mindset into what am I doing next? How can I show up to serve these people? What do they need from me? What's my intention? Yeah. What is my Think intention? about that intention that you, how you want to it's be getting, there. It's getting you out of your head, out of your past, get into your body 
and choose the feelings that you would love to create. What do I want to feel? Well, I want to feel like I, I've made a difference. I want to feel heroic. I want to feel significant. I want to feel abundant. I want uh-huh. to feel helpful. Great. So those are feelings that we're looking towards in the future. Now I can reverse engineer what I, who, who I need to become in order to receive those. And if you just live this way, it takes conscious awareness. It's called consciousness work. Uh, it sounds woo to a lot of people, but whether you're, you know, religious or spiritual, it's just every single, um, you know, spiritual, religious, uh, personal development, neuroscientist uh, book, they disagree on very many things, but there's one thing that they all agree on is that you become what you think about. Huh. That's it. It's just a conscious choice of, of, of thinking and becoming what your intention is. But most of us are in our heads in the past and we don't feel that we have access to that. Right. So it's a reprogram. Yep. That's a good thing for us to think about now. Who do we want to become? Excellent. As listeners know, I love innovation quotes. The reason why we do the innovation quote, you know, the bulk of our time together is always about education. It's helping to equip product managers. But I find innovation quotes, the success quotes, really inspiring. So I always like to add that inspiration element to our time together, too. What quote do you have for us, and why did you choose that one? Well, to innovate, you must go into the unknown and to put stuff to put stuff out, which will risk the um, uh, you'll be under the scrutiny of critics. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Yep. So this is a quote by Theodore Roosevelt that really uh, was cited by Brene Brown in her book Daring Greatly, um, and it's very inspiring mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's those of you who are innovators and managers who are doing something and are finding it difficult because other people with different opinions seem to be cutting you down and it's knocking you off your stride. This is for you. Theodore Roosevelt says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, Hmm. who at the best knows in the end, the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Dare greatly is a very good part of that quote for me to hang on to. It's interesting. That, uh, last week, we just interviewed a author of Innovation Capital and the book of that, and he talked about one of the things that we need to do to have more influence of others to kind of be known as innovators is to raise our hand for those hard projects, for those hard things to work on, right? To be in the arena and to take on the work and dare greatly. And as innovators, that's what we are often doing. We're moving into something that is new, which means that it's something unknown. unknown. Yep. So that ties in really well. Thanks for sharing that one with us. Absolutely. Thank you. I hope that makes a difference. It does. So, and good things to think about. We just scratched the surface. If listeners want to find out more about the work that you do, where can they best get a hold of you? Join my Facebook group, The Art of Powerful Alignment. Uh, send me a private message. Uh, definitely check out my uh, Facebook page. You can link it uh, there. I have a weekly show called Trigger Proof on Wednesdays at noon. It's live. And on YouTube, if you uh, go Trigger Proof, Dr. Nima, please subscribe to my YouTube channel and check that out. Trigger Proof episodes are, are edited on uh, on YouTube and, and starting to be distributed. I'm, I think I believe I'm eight episodes in and I'm having a great time. We, we talk about how to expand that space between stimulus and response. Uh-huh. 
so that you're not controlled by externals. Yeah. And when you talked about that, if people don't know Viktor Frankl, that story, you know, he, he lived through the Holocaust as a in prison in a camp in, uh, can't imagine how challenging that was, right? But he yeah. was able to look at that situation very differently and to expand that gap. And he lost his, and he lost his uh, wife and kids. Yep. Yeah. You know, so. Those are big triggers. Yeah, quite. And he was the one, he basically said one of the greatest freedoms that we have, the greatest power and freedoms is to be able to, despite whatever circumstances, to choose the direction of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so he's an inspiring hero of mine. So. Yep. Very good. So is Brene Brown. So All Facebook right. group is Art of Powerful Alignment. Yep. Weekly show is Trigger Proof. You're at drnema.com. I'll make sure links to all those resources are in the show notes for everyone. Dr. Nima, thanks for just the empowering insights and some exercises to help us show up better, show up the way that we can serve others. Absolutely. Love sharing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where product leaders and managers make their move to product master, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. I hope you had found value in that discussion with Dr. Neva. I know this is a little bit outside our normal space, but I've really come to value mindset work and how we can get out of our own way to really make great products and excel in our organizations so we have more influence and can really make a difference. Hope you enjoyed it. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit TheEverydayInnovator.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.